As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Pure Thoughts is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Pure Thoughts comes direct from legends of the game as they share secrets of their success. Welcome to Pure Thoughts, Spencer Haywood. I'm Bruce Bernstein. Hardship is a word that many associate with this native of the Deep South who was born in 1949. In his 2015 Hall of Fame induction speech, he gave all of us a taste of what true hardship really meant. My life, my career started in Silver City, Mississippi, population 300. And my mom and my nine siblings, we picked cotton from 12, for 12 hours a day in the cotton fields in the Delta of Mississippi. We didn't have money and food, but we sure did have a love for God. We had a special relationship with God. And many times, I would, we would be so hungry and we would be so desperate, but every time God came through for our family, somebody would walk up to us and say, Eunice, I got some beans, I got some rice, and we were able to eat. In 1964, at the age of 15, Haywood left Mississippi and traveled by bus to Chicago, then on to Detroit, where he lived with his brother. Spencer eventually grew to 6'9 and enrolled at a Colorado junior college. But in spite of his journey from Mississippi to Chicago to Detroit to Trinidad, Colorado, he was a virtual stranger to air travel. But in 1968, that was about to change in a very big way. I had one plane ride from Detroit to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, to the University of Tennessee, where I was a student. And then uh, with the uproar with uh, Mr. Rupp wanting me to go to Kentucky and and all this, so I ended up going to a junior college instead of like staying there because it wasn't going to work out in Mississippi. And Mississippi State was like, "Oh my gosh, we can't have this yet." <laughs> and so I hadn't, I had not, I had not been on a plane for one time. Uh, I also, when I, when we, when they uh, formed the Olympic team and we were getting ready to make our travels to uh, Russia, Yugoslavia, and Finland, they realized that I didn't have a passport. And he says, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we would love to have your, your birth certificate. Does Mr. Robinson have it? And he said, no, I don't have it. You mean his mother signed an affidavit? So my mother called my mother in Silver City, Mississippi. She says, yeah, I have it. It's right here written in the Bible, on the John 21. <laughs> and so we had to go down and take a picture of the Bible, put that, that send that up to, Jackson, up to the Jackson Daily News, and the Jackson Daily News walked it into vital statistics for Mississippi. I got my, I got my pet, my, my, uh, my, uh, what do you call it? My birth certificate. And guess what? My name was spelled Spencey, S P E N S I E. So 
I was like, oh, my God, I finally got a birth certificate, and my name is all spelled backwards. So I had to go and change that, and then we got a passport, and I was well on my way. And I said, man, you know, it's nothing like feeling like you're a real American when you got a passport, and you can walk up there and say, here's my U.S. passport, and I'm on my way to Russia. It was beautiful. At the age of 19 and with just one season of junior college experience under his belt, Haywood was selected for the 1968 Olympic basketball team. The expectations were low for Team USA because several high-profile African-American players decided to boycott the games. So it was left to Haywood, Jojo White, Charlie Scott, and a group of lesser-known college players to compete against veteran teams from the former Soviet Union and Yugoslavia. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't, he boycotted the Olympics. Alvin Hayes did not go. Wesley Unsell didn't go. And then when we get to the Olympics for the trials and um, the guys that was getting cut, I was like, oh, my God, what kind of what are we going to do? Because Pistol Pete Matt Maverick got cut. Calvin Murphy got cut as well as Rick Mount and Tom Bullwinkle. And Hank Ibis points around and, and Howard Cosell, what are you going to do? Well, uh, what are you going to do? And he points and he says, this kid here is going to lead us. And he was like, who? What? <laughs> this kid is he's just turning 19. What are you talking about? What is his name? And I was like, my name is Spencer Haywood, sir. And he was like, how are you going to lead America? And what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. I can do it. And then we get down to the games, and there was all of this stuff with Harry Edwards, who were like, you know, you guys got to boycott. You got to stand up for black America. You got to do this. You got to do that. And we they put us all in this big room, John, Tommy Smith, John Carlos, and and George Foreman, and Bob Beeman, all of the, all of us in this big room. And then the door creaked open, and there was Jesse Owens. We were like, damn, Jesse Owens down here, man. What are you going to tell us? And and he looked at us and said, you're standing around here talking about you want to, like, boycott these Olympics. Don't you know what it, what it feels like to be an American? And you got to fight for your country. And what would you SOBs would have done if you had to run before Hitler? And everybody was like, oh, my God, he didn't go to H-Town, did he? And, <laughs> and right away we started lacing up our shoes and, like, thinking, well, man, we got to play. This, this is on now. And so that was the turning point for us all. It was certainly a turning point for Spencer Haywood, who led Team USA to the gold medal averaging more than 16 points a game and shooting nearly 72% from the floor. After the Olympics, he enrolled at the University of Detroit, where he averaged 32 points and almost 22 rebounds as a sophomore. At that point, he was ready to go pro, but the NBA, well, it was off limits because of a rule that said a player wasn't eligible until four years after his high school class had graduated. That meant waiting two more years to earn money to help his family. So he signed with the ABA and dominated the league as a rookie, leading the league in scoring and rebounding, winning Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player, and was also named the All-Star Game Most Valuable Player. In 1970, despite the NBA's eligibility rules, Haywood signed with the Seattle Supersonics. But for this young man who fought his way out of the cotton fields of Mississippi to the Olympics and to a historic rookie season in the ABA, his real battle was just beginning. My first year there in Seattle was like hell because I was going through right. um, the case, the court case. And let me just bring your audience up to date on it. 
before I came along, you had to wait four years after your high school class had graduated, and you could play four years after or four years in college. And I challenged the NBA then rule that stated that you had to wait for four years after your high school class had graduated. I said, well, I want to come in and play now. And it was my junior year in college. So um, the NBA sued me for signing with Seattle, and, and I sued them for the rights to play. And we went to the lower courts, from the lower courts to the state Supreme Court and all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., and that whole year was a lot of, you know, uh, injunction to play, injunction not to play. And I was known as the illegal player on the floor. The NBA attempted to block Haywood from playing, but Spencer and Sonics owner Sam Shulman filed an antitrust suit against the NBA, arguing that the four-year rule negatively affected his right to earn a living. There were a series of injunctions and legal battles that prevented him from playing all but 33 games during that 1970-71 season. But eventually, his case reached the United States Supreme Court, which upheld a lower court's decision that stated that barring Haywood from the NBA would cause him irreparable damage since a substantial part of his playing career would have dissipated. Remember at the start of this story how we said the word hardship was the word associated with Spencer Haywood? Well, in response to the Supreme Court's ruling in Haywood's favor, the NBA instituted the hardship rule, which allowed a player to enter the league if he could prove he needed to do so for financial reasons. His persistence and determination had paid off, but it took a great deal of strength, which was ingrained in him at a very young age. The strength come from, uh, you know, uh, being, a, you know, my history is that I was a cotton picker. I was from the, a farm boy in, in Silver City, Mississippi, the Delta. And uh, I remember when I was a kid sitting out on the highway, Highway 49W, looking at the buses and the cars come through. And I saw the young, young men and women, uh, John Lewis and all of them coming through as freedom riders trying to register people to vote. And I was like, wow, man, I, I don't think I want to be a cotton picker anymore. I want to be a freedom rider. So that, that, that sparked the idea. And, and knowing what is right and wrong and not just looking out for yourself, because I had a contract uh, with the Seattle Supersonics, and Sam would, honored, would have honored the contract if I hadn't played that, 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 that year that I had to sit out. And, but I, I wanted to fight the case, and I, I knew there was a lot of players who were coming later that would that would benefit from it. And I thought it would be a simple case, and it would be something you know that I could get through real quick. But I did not know it was going to take a year. I didn't know that I was going to be the ostracized player for all of those years. But then uh, the great. Uh, uh, Kurt Flood and Muhammad Ali was saying to me when I was a young guy, I was like, man, you know, <laughs> this is going to linger. This is going to linger with your life for a long time, and you're going to be put aside for a lot of years, but it's going to be well worth it because you've done something to advance the sports. And I was like, wow, because we all three of us was at the, at the Supreme Court at the similar times. For the past half century, every player with the talent to play in the NBA who was able to enter the league early owes Spencer Haywood a debt of gratitude. 
Had Haywood not challenged the NBA rules back in 1970, some of the greatest players in NBA history might have had to wait up to four years longer than they did in order to begin their careers. And in his Hall of Fame speech in 2015, he was ready with the numbers. To see the results today, for an example, young fella, for a guy like LeBron James, he got four extra years at $25 million. He's $100 million richer. Kevin Durant got three extra years. He's $75 million richer. His family is up and going. Steph Curry, he's got two years, so he's got $50 million. So I see the impact, and I see what I've done, and by the grace of God, it has happened for me. And to be here in this Hall of Fame tonight, it's like a blessing. It's beyond me, and it's wonderful. From 1972 through 1975, Spencer Haywood was one of the NBA's biggest stars, making the All-NBA first team twice and the second team two more times. He was a four-time All-Star and in his five seasons in Seattle, averaged almost 25 points and more than 12 rebounds a game. Sadly, he battled drug problems in the late 1970s, and while he was a member of the 1980 Lakers championship team, his best years were behind him by then. But while overcoming hardship and the hardship rule may be what he's remembered for the most, he reminded everyone in his Hall of Fame speech why he was standing at that podium in Springfield. Remember, guys, I had game. It was not like I just did this Supreme Court thing. I had some serious game. Thank you, and God bless you. Spencer Haywood's number 24 was retired by the Seattle Sonics in 2007 before the franchise moved on to Oklahoma City. He's continued his service to the game following his retirement as chairman of the NBA Retired Players Association, where he's worked successfully with the NBA Players Union to secure modestly priced health insurance for retired players with at least three years in the league. Many of those former players have had difficult financial situations and without medical coverage, Many would suffer or perhaps even die prematurely. Spencer Haywood has spent a lifetime overcoming personal hardship, and in his twilight years, he's helping others do the same. As a basketball player, he was as pure of a talent as we have seen, and as a human being, his spirit is just as pure. Pure Thoughts is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.